Hello, welcome to Supernatural Stories, the show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada. I'm your host, Cal Goodbaum, broadcasting from Rocking Chair Studio in Toronto. Hope you enjoy the show wherever you are. Thanks for listening. I try to keep introductions short, but I just want to address one thing as I set the tone for these stories. A few weeks ago, a woman responded to one of my posters in downtown Toronto, asking people to submit their supernatural stories for the show. She got in touch with me on Facebook and told me that she was a psychic and that perhaps she could be on the show in the future to discuss some of what she does. I set up a phone call, we talked for about 40 minutes about what I'm trying to do with the show about how she wants psychic abilities to be taken very seriously, like I do. Conversation took a sudden turn for the worse at the end, though, when she accused me of trying to sensationalize stories about the supernatural in order to scare people. The music on the show, she said, was far too scary. Anyways, you can't win them all. Suffice to say that I don't want to just scare people with this show, I want them to simply experience those emotions that the storyteller themselves experienced. And where music can add to that, I like to add a touch more drama. This episode, though, would have been one that she would have probably approved of. It's all about nice ghosts that shouldn't be scary. There may be a moment of fright at such an unusual experience, but when the ghosts involved are helpful, funny, or friendly, or just cute, cats, it's hard to be frightened. The first storyteller, Henry, is himself a psychic with numerous supernatural stories that he'll be sharing with us this episode and in the future. This first one is about a ghost who opened the door. Downtown Toronto. So I used to go at the back of Baffer subway station, I forget the exact street is, but there's a back entrance for Baffer, Baffer subway station. I don't know if it still exists. This is back in like the 90s. I remember one time I went to the, the back entrance there and all of a sudden the door, as soon as I get to the door, just flew open. Like out of the blue. Almost like the like what happened to me at the, the, the lighthouse. Is the door just flew open. But I felt a presence that was someone that was helpful. Like sometimes I don't feel anything, but I just felt like this person was there and they were opening the door because they wanted to help. And so... First, I try and see what's logical. So I just started to think, you know, is it, you know, windy out? Is there, there's got to be, I always think, is there a reason why that door just kind of opened instead of just being a spirit? And so I thought I would test it. And I went back there three times and it happened three times. And it was also no wind that day. Three times it happened. And so I thought that uh, I would go and bring one of my friends to show him to say, look, I'm not totally crazy. I wanted to see it. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he went there with me, it happened again. It's just as soon as we get to the door, the door would open. I kind of feel like that maybe it was like a, maybe someone, a TTC worker that used to, maybe that died or I don't know, but for whatever reason, or maybe it was a homeless person because homeless people, you know, open doors. I don't know. It could be that too, but it was just, it was the strangest thing where the door would always open, but it would only open right near when you're about to go to the door because it was like as if it knows that you want to go in. Very cool. You know, I'm thinking that, um, I want to do an episode about like friendly ghosts. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, just like helpful ghosts. Uh. Ghosts that open the door, you know, 
maybe instead of uh, turning the lights on and off in the middle of the night, it just turns the light on for you when you come home, you know? It's a welcoming ghost. Well, we have that in my building. Is for Usually when like there's someone who died in our building where I live in an apartment building, and a lot of times, and a lot of people had this experience, is uh, close to when this person passed away, is whenever you'd be on the ground floor, the elevator door would just magically open. And it's not just like, you know, maybe it came down. It would just, it would be on the ground floor because you can see on the, you know, the readout at the top. And a lot of times the elevator door was open. Just like all the blue is, but just as you're about to like press it, it was really weird. Weird. So I'm wondering if it's kind of like the same thing. They're just trying to help. I feel like though, the more experiences you have, the less weird it gets. You're just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> I hope so. So I only recently had this experience. I wrote about it online and um, I talked about this ghost this experience that I that I attribute to being the ghost of my old cat. Yeah. And I didn't realize until after I'd screamed that, wait a second, what if this is the ghost of a cat? I just thought, whoa, what's going on? There's this invisible thing right next to me. I can feel it. And once I thought about, okay, I wonder if it's a ghost cat, it kind of made me realize, should I be scared when something like this happens? And how do I kind of fight that automatic reflex that I had, that I screamed? Like when you screamed, did it kind of, did you feel that it wasn't there anymore? Or? Yeah, I felt that for sure it ran away because I screamed. Yeah, yeah. Because at first, I think also, like what I was going to get into later, is that sometimes spirits don't know that they've passed away sometimes. That's what I've heard. Sometimes they're like, oh, shit, I'm dead. <laughs> well, especially a cat. I can imagine my cat just thinking that it's a cat. Yeah, it's like, Where, where's my food? <laughs> as soon as I experienced my ghost cat story, I was curious to know who else had had their brush with a furry feline ghost. Tristan spoke to me over the phone from Montreal about a dark and disturbing dreamlike haunting experience that you'll hear on another episode. If you're wondering where these stories came from, they were mostly submitted to me in response to sponsored Facebook posts which I make Canada-wide, and also, as I mentioned earlier, from the posters that I print and put up around Toronto. If you have a story of your own to submit about anything weird, ESP, a dream that came true, a ghost, a UFO, Bigfoot. I don't know, whatever it is that you've seen that you can't explain, you can submit it to www.supernaturalstories.ca, which redirects you to the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash supernaturalpodcast. There you can send a message and get in touch to be on the show for the future. I'm always compiling new stories. If you want to help the show in the mission to find out more of these incredible stories, you could help by putting up one of the show's posters at your library or busy corner. Or, if you have a buck or more to spare, you can make a small donation to the show at www.patreon.com slash supernaturalstories, one word. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you want to be one of the first people to support the show, you'll know for sure that I appreciate your contribution. Until then, thanks, John, for chipping in a bit to the cause. This next story from Tristan is a lovely story about a ghost feline. I decided to start fostering cats, so I love animals. So I brought in this cat, apparently at feline age, uh, near the end of its life, not at all healthy. And then I nursed this cat. We named it Pat, because we didn't know if it was a boy or girl, so we called the cat Pat. I nursed him for a month. Uh, he got healthier, put on weight, uh, found him a forever home. A week after being placed in that home, he died. Right around that time, too, I got really sick. So my friends down the street were having a birthday party, and my partner, I told him to go to the birthday party 
I was too sick. So I was home by myself, laying on the couch, and I still had all the cat toys out. And so I started hearing the ball with the bells moving underneath the couch. And then the toys in the kitchen moving. And then I saw a shadow run off to the bathroom. This cat used to love to run to get water from the tub. I was completely scared. I was, I was frightened. Um, and I called my partner and I was like, you have to come home. I'm really sick out right now. He started seeing the shadow too and always running off to the bathroom, this old tiny shadow. And we kept forgetting that the cat was no longer with us. So I'd get up in the morning or he would get up in the morning and we'd follow the shadow to the bathroom, this little tiny shadow. And then I realized I have no reason to be scared. I'm just scared because I've never experienced something like this. So it's just, I think, the cat returning to a place where it finally felt loved and safe. And then it was only around for a for a couple of weeks, and then it was gone. The ghost of something actually very nice. I'm actually floored that you bring this up for a couple of reasons. I'll tell you, I just recently, like this month, had my first ever ghost experience, and it was with my old cat Vern. And Vern also oh, yeah. had Vern also had feline immunovirus, right? Yeah, uh, like cat AIDS, it's called. And yeah. and he was yeah. a, he was a foster cat that I fostered, and um, he died when he was with me years ago, like five years ago or something. And was the sweetest cat I ever had and would always lie against my head. And then I was in bed about two weeks ago. And my bed's a loft bed, so you have to go up this ladder. All of a sudden, I felt this weight next to me. And then it moved. And then it sat on the pillow. And I felt it press against me. And the pillow flattened. But I freaked out. I screamed. Because I I didn't realize that there could be, you know, a ghost from... a cat or anything like that. So I screamed. You're not and, used to it. You know? and, and and you I'm don't sure. hear about stuff like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I scared so, the cat. You know? Yeah, it, it's the unknown. So when you have the experience and you just start uh, witnessing or feeling something like that, you know, you're not used to it. It's never happened. But then kind of once you think about it and realize that, you know, I think these cats, these animals, uh, they're coming back to a place where they finally felt safe, they felt some love. Uh, so yeah, they're coming back to experience uh, you know. He died in the suburbs in Thornhill, and I wonder if he's kind of been wandering around. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, see, that's a, yeah, that's a good story. It's something we don't think about, and I've never experienced that, so. Well, it's know, a, it's a... It's a nice coincidence as well, because for the next episode, I've been trying to put together stories on nice ghosts, like nice ghost stories that aren't scary, you know? So I think I'll put in your episode on the cats in the next episode for sure, and I'll see the other one I'll fit in soon as well. Well, I'm really glad you saw the posts online and were able to get in touch. Thanks very much for uh, sharing your stories. Very fun to hear your cat experience too. This next guest, Sarah, returns again for more stories, and she'll be back. You might remember the one she told about her car crash in Episode 7, Extrasensory Perception. She sees many ghosts, including a negative one trapped in a lamp, and 
yet another story about a ghost cat. I worked with a girl and she was talking one day. She's like, oh yeah, my mom says we have a ghost in the house. And I think I've seen her and I'm like, oh yeah? She was talking about it again. Oh yeah, my mom says this and this. And I'm like, but I can come over and I'll let you know. I went over to her house. I wasn't even in the door and I knew there was somebody there. I knew it was a woman. That was it. I walked through the door. I pointed where the spirit would always linger, in one area of the home. She would just stand in the corner between the bathroom and one of the bedrooms. I walked by and I kind of like hung my head a little because with me, male spirits are good. We get along really well. Female spirits can be not negative towards me, but I can feel if it's a woman or a man. Children do not like me. Children think I'm going to take their toys. Interesting. So I confirmed with them that they had the spirit in their house. It was attached to a lamp. She picked a lamp up at a garage sale or an antique store. I said, well, if you want her gone, you have to get rid of the lamp. And the mother would never get rid of the lamp. She put it in the closet, but it was still in the home. And I recall staying there and sleeping in their room. And I had a migraine so bad one day. I was laying in the bed and I opened my eyes and she was staring at me. She didn't say it and didn't mouth it, but the vibe was like, get out. You've stayed here long enough. This isn't your family. I just turn away. It doesn't bother me. On one occasion, I was playing on the computer and I felt the cat brush my leg. And I went down to pet it and there was no cat. And I was like, guys, <laughs> you have ashes of cats here or something. They had ashes of cats in the house. This next storyteller, Nancy, from Winnipeg, shared her stories about her haunted house. The doctor who built the house is more than a lifelong occupant, you might say. And they mostly amicably share the house. Luckily, the haunting is more of the good-humored kind. We bought the house about 17 years ago. And we were only here for a few short months when we realized things were starting to go kind of strange. That we weren't alone. It became really obvious one day my daughter heard something downstairs so she went down the stairs to see what it was and as she got to the bottom of the stairs she looked and there was a little girl wearing a red dress and a red bow in her hair she had brown hair she was standing with her back to my daughter and her face towards the corner of the basement and she was just crying and crying and crying My daughter could hear her crying from upstairs. She stood there for a moment and looked at her, and then the little girl was gone. Another time, shortly after that, you know when you've got that feeling that you're being watched, and you should never feel like that when you know that you're home alone? Well, I was standing, looking out of our front door, into our front yard, when I got that feeling. I knew somebody was watching me. I got goosebumps and I turned around quickly, but of course there was nobody there. 
It was then that I met my doctor. He was standing on the landing halfway up our staircase. It's a winding staircase, and there's a landing most of the way up. Clear as day, I could see him standing there with his dark hair. He's wearing half-frame lenses, reading glasses, and he was wearing a white doctor's coat. He looked at me, and then he looked at his watch, and then he was just gone. But we have seen him since, and it turns out the good doctor built this house in the 1800s and ran his practice here for years. So have other people seen the doctor as well? Oh, yeah. 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 My daughter, my husband. We've all seen the good doctor. He's quiet, but he's there. Another time, I was about to walk into my bedroom, but I stopped abruptly. In front of me, in my bedroom, right by my bed, was a woman with her hair pulled up, a full white apron, and she's doing ironing on a board. Also in the room was a little blonde girl. She had curly hair, and she was playing with another little girl. Turns out that other little girl was the woman from the basement. And the woman was ironing and hushing the girls, telling them they had to be quiet or they were going to get in trouble. I had a funny feeling that one of the little girls wasn't supposed to be in this room. In my research, I found that there were servants' quarters upstairs on the second floor with a private maid's entrance. It was like I was watching a flashback or an old movie of this maid with her child and another child, like the child that lived there. And it was like I was just watching it on a screen. It was really cool. And then all of a sudden, they were just gone. On a daily basis for over a year, we would wake up in the morning, come down the stairs and find all of the handles on our china cabinet and our sideboard turned a one quarter turn to the right. All 10 of the handles, exactly the same. Every day I would fix them and try tightening them more than the day before. Yet every darn day we came down those stairs, the handles were turned. It was a little frustrating at first, but then by the end of the year, I was already looking at it like it was kind of a joke and kind of a game. One day I was putting laundry away in my bedroom. I had closed the door because there was a lot of noise in the house, but I didn't lock the door. The knob had a little lock, but I didn't lock it. I was just in there doing laundry. For some reason, and we had never changed it, was a hook and latch in the same bedroom on the door. We never used it. It was just there, but we never took it out. It was just there. I had just turned my back to the door when I heard a click. And I thought, what the heck was that? And I looked at the door, and the latch had been thrown. The door was locked now from that hook and latch. I lost my breath at first. Just said, whoa, look, we live here together. Don't lock the doors on us. That's not cool at all. And I walked over and unlocked the door and continued my housework, and it never happened again. Another day, this was freaky. My husband found a loose board in his closet and had hidden his old dollar bill collection in there. Now, this closet is where the old maid's entrance is. 
And he used to keep this old paper money in a variety of denominations in the perfect order. They were put in the year that they were printed, every bill facing the same way. One day he went to add another bill to his stack, and to his surprise, the bills were inside out, with the middle bills on the outside and the outer bills now on the inside. And rather than going from oldest to newest, they were reversed, going from newest to oldest. Absolutely none of the money was missing, and yet there it was, changed. You're very lucky that these ghosts seem to have a good sense of humor, and they seem to be out more for a laugh than a fright. Mostly. We talk openly about them here. They're the spirits that lived here first. You know, the doctor built the house. It was his house first. So we're actually tenants of his. Um, I want people to understand from, from what I've learned over these 17 years that all spirits aren't bad spirits. There are just people left behind or by choice or however they're here. They're just spirits. They're not something to be scared of. enjoyed all the stories in this episode as always if you have a story of your own that you'd like to submit that you think is unexplained or supernatural in any way visit the website www.supernaturalstories.ca it redirects to a facebook page where you can send a message get in touch and tell your story for the show As always, you can go to patreon.com slash supernatural stories and chip in a buck or more to the show. And that helps with the advertising to find new stories to bring to you. The show will always be free, but I appreciate any help. You can always tell your friends or coworkers about the show and who knows, maybe they have a story too. I'll be back in two weeks with a new episode with brand new stories of contact from beyond the grave. Until then, this last story from Henry touches on something you might not have ever thought of. Can you smell ghosts? I certainly hadn't thought of it until he brought it up, but as you'll hear, I have my own experience about this to share. No movies, you always show ghosts or whatever in different ways, so you can either, you can sometimes see them or you hear them, but a lot of people don't realize is that you can smell them. What happened was, is we had this spirit. I don't know what it was. I, I don't, you know, I don't make up what I see. I just tell you what my experience is. But it was this really strong, running egg smell. And the thing that I, why well, I'm 99% sure is this spirit, is not only is it start happening after these cans flying out of the shells, but the smell would sort of like, kind of like a fog. So, you know, like a movie, you see a ghost that moves around. So it's kind of like, it's like a, it's like a, floating, uh, rotting egg smell that wouldn't fill the entire room. It would only go for certain parts in the room. And for whatever reason, it always would be in our living room. And so we would, and what we would notice is that uh, is it would be in a certain room, and then all of a sudden it would disappear and it would go to other spaces in the room. 
So like for a smell, for to to move around, that's I don't know. Can I tell you something? Last week I had the strangest experience for the first time in my life, and I didn't know what to make of it at all. I was basically right where you're sitting, a couple feet over, but I was standing up, and I suddenly smelled this intensely fragrant smell, which was similar to frankincense, but it wasn't frankincense. Similar to different kind of fragrant woods, but it wasn't. It was different, but it was very intense, very very intense. And I thought, what is that smell? Where does that smell come from? That's so weird. And then I took one step, the smell went away, and it's gone. I took a step back, it was there.、I、took a step in the other direction, smell's gone. So I walked around the room trying to see where's this smell coming from, and then I ducked my head down, no smell. There was only this one tiny, tiny spot of the room. It's a one square foot spot or whatever, and this spell was so strong. And just thinking about it now, when I was thirteen, I had a bar mitzvah because I'm Jewish, and I had a family friend teach me. His name was Michael Rumack, and he passed away recently. And he taught hundreds of people their bar bat mitzvah how to sing and stuff. And he had a tiny Synagogue that he built, basically out of like a garage, turned it into a synagogue. And I remember him telling me that one of the most important things that he'd done for it was to collect these incenses from around the world. He had traveled, and he had these really fragrant incenses, and he had them in different spots in in there, so that he said that the smell of it was supposed to elevate your senses and kind of get you ready for kind of doing something spiritual. Well, and that was my first introduction to incense or anything like that. And he only passed away last month. I was just recently at the synagogue for the service to remember him, and I spoke to the rabbi. And my mom made me tell him about the show. And I wonder if Michael was there and he heard. Yeah, you never know. Like、uh, it's funny to say that because related to this the story I had with the smell is it was similar. Is it's like. Whenever I leave the room, it would be gone. But whenever I was there and tried to address it, it's just strange. It's, that's when you know it's that it's real. Is when it starts to disappear and reappear. Think about how against the odds is it? You see my poster. We get in touch. We talk about this, and you bring up almost first thing that you can smell ghosts. Yeah, I'd never thought of that before. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories, and thanks for telling your friends about the show and supporting a place for the supernatural. I'm your host, Cal Goodbaum. These have all been real stories from real people across Canada. The music featured in this show was by Tsara with Degrowth Part One, Lemon Bucket Orchestra with Heroes, Blue Dot Sessions with Marjorie, Kevin McLeod with Hustle, and Arrington De Dioniso with Gamblo and Gamblin Ganjon Lambuck. Take one. The rest of the music I composed. If you want to contribute a buck or more towards the production of the show, you can go to Patreon.com/SupernaturalStories. The funds can help pay for the sponsored posts and postering campaigns, which attract story submissions. And if you have a story of your own to contribute, you can do that at supernaturalstories.ca. Till next time.